This is the Inner Voice Audio Experience, and I'm your host, Travis McKenzie. Endurance athletes spend a lot of time in their own heads, and their own self-talk can either drive them towards their goals or crush them in an instant. We often focus on mastering the body, but these battles play out in the mind. I host inspiring athletes and innovators from across the endurance sports industry and explore the trials and tribulations that often play out well before race day and in their personal lives. You will recognize the names, but you won't have heard their stories told like this before. Today's conversation is with Amity Rockwell, whose journey into professional cycling is unique and in fact makes her a little uncomfortable. Growing up, she was a runner. Her mother was a pioneer in the ultramarathon world, and Amity followed in her footsteps. When Amity experienced some injuries, she turned to cycling as a place to spend her abundance of energy. What she found was an incredible community who helped her find her feet, and she went on to win her first race. Amity is now focused on gravel races and revels in the challenge of long, hard, and hilly days. We talk about exciting events like the Californian Grasshopper Series, Steamboat Gravel and their vision for gender parity, and compare the gear needs of runners and cyclists. She may not feel comfortable with the title of professional cyclist just yet, but she is a part of a group of incredible women paving a journey for the next generation of athletes who love the outdoors and share the joy of suffering. Speaking of joy, Amity is such a happy person. Her energy was great during our conversation, and you'll hear the enthusiasm in her voice. Today's episode is supported by iCore Labs. Amity and I both use iCore as a part of our training and recovery routine. iCore is a natural hemp source of CBD that protects your body from stress, improves athletic recovery, and helps you maintain a positive mental state. Listen out for the special offer they have for our Inner Voice community later in the show. For now, here's Amity Rockwell. Amity Rockwell. Professional cyclist based here in San Francisco, thank you so much for joining us today. Happy to be here. Now, I throw the word professional cyclist out there. <laughs> tell, yeah, me me means, tell me what that means. Tell me what that means to you. I'm in this weird gray area of the sport, I still feel like, and I don't know honestly how long I'm going to feel that way. Um, kind of the reality of it right now is that, you know, even girls who are way more experienced and technically, I guess, in a sense, more professional than me, a lot of them are kind of chasing other dreams or finding other sources of income and so it feels weird like within the industry to walk around calling myself a professional um that isn't to say I don't ever um certainly to anybody outside of the sport I seem as much and I definitely say as much um so yeah I mean that's a strange I don't know I mean, who knows, really? <laughs> Does it also, like, is it a mindset to you as well? So, like, you apl- approach something as a professional, you know, you're making that distinction for yourself that you're no longer amateur and that's kind of like a, a signal to yourself to live your life a certain way? Um, yeah, I think that definitely has pros and cons with it still, though. I don't think necessarily that, like, huge jump in seriousness has always been a positive thing for me in terms of, like, you know, wanting to ride more and wanting to race more and having that motivation. A lot of times I leave my house just because I'm, like, trying to go have fun on my bike. (laughs) Um, And so sometimes, you know, that professional aspect, that professional light can, like, help me focus for sure. But um, 
I don't necessarily think it's like a huge driving force in, you know, why I'm out there and why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And I get a sense that it's not necessarily your identity as well. Like there's a lot more <laughs> to you, um, yeah. which I'd love to talk about as well. But And you also weren't always a cyclist. You're actually no, relatively new to the no, sport. No, and I still honestly struggle with that. I like it's kind of been a lot in the past year where people have been, you know, coming up to me or introducing me to other people as like, oh, this is Amity. Like she's a cyclist. And that's still just like hearing those words come out of people's mouths. I'm like, wait, like <laughs> when did that happen? Like when did, you know, I become like whoever I was before? Like when did that switch and be like, oh, hey, like Amity's a cyclist. And I still feel like kind of funny about it. Um, not to say it isn't a hundred percent true. And I'm like, you know, that's most of my identity these days, but yeah, I mean, there is a lot more and yeah, it's just, I mean, it still sounds a little strange. Just to dig in a little deeper on that, like you were a runner before, like, mm-hmm. did you, in, did you feel comfortable identifying yourself as a runner or is it like the, the tag that comes along with that, that you're not comfortable with? Um, I suppose I, I did feel comfortable, but it was never like, that was something I was choosing to do very much for myself and for fun and a community that I like, um, I don't know. I mean, there's not as much surrounding running. I always felt like it was more of a personal thing. And so it was like, yeah, I run a lot. I'm a runner. Whereas like being a cyclist isn't necessarily like just biking a lot. It's kind of got this whole other like world of things behind it sometimes. Um, And yeah, I mean, it's also, I think there's a lot to talk about there with um, like I was a runner, but it was not my profession it was not you know maybe even like a tenth of what I was like doing with my life it was just something I enjoyed very much and now like saying I'm a cyclist it's like this is you know like this has somehow like become like the definition of like everything I do and it's I don't know I mean it's always a little weird when your your hobby becomes your profession in a way yeah and you talked about your you have talked about your mom being an ultra marathoner Uh and you kind of like followed in her footsteps along that journey for a time what was that like kind of you know making a decision to (laughs) to follow your mom into ultra marathons um it wasn't so much a decision as just kind of like growing up you saw like that's what she did it was like there wasn't even like a question around it it wasn't like a oh maybe i'll go running today it was like she needed running and it's like you know just watching her like no matter like what else was going on in her life like things were like going well or going terribly or whatever it's like there was running and it's like she would go running and she would be fine and just to like see her have that was I think so cool and just so like obvious to me growing up that like I would need a similar thing um and I just you know you don't really question it I kind of assumed it would be running for me as well um, that's not quite how it turned out, but. <laughs> and did you look up to her? Like, was that kind of like a, you know, you were inspired by her and she was somewhat of a hero to you for that side of, of what she did? Yeah. And I mean, I don't think I ever even really was able to acknowledge that until recently. Um, I, you know, yeah, growing up, I would never have been like, yeah, my, you know, my mom is my idol. My mom is my hero. Like, she's so cool. I was just like, yeah, she runs a lot. Like, is that weird? Is that different? And people would be like, wait, your mom goes out and like, hits the trails for two and a half hours on Saturday. Like that is not normal. And I was like, oh, (laughs) well, okay. I guess, you know, I'm not normal either. Um, But yeah, I mean, just to like, you know, have that. I mean, she's such such a role model. Like I can't even, yeah, I can't like express like how wonderful of a parent she was like able to be to all of us and still, you know, it was still very clear. Like she could take time and do things for herself and running was kind of that 
that major thing. That's cool. I like similar story to me. My dad grew up as a triathlete, so I, I actually watched, um, I actually watched <laughs> him like uh, race and compete, and we followed around, you know, followed him around. Uh, so I, I had the similar feelings. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you look up to your dad, and at this points in your life where you're like, oh, you know, you'd never admit that your parent is your hero <laughs> or your idol, but um, you know, in retrospect, it definitely was. Um, you know, a really good experience for me to grow up around him. Um, mm-hmm. But then, all the same thing. Like Iron Man was normal. Like it was normal <laughs> to go for yeah. like a seven-hour bike ride yeah. on a Saturday and then a two-hour run on a Sunday. Exactly. It's like, oh, you have an hour. Like, go running. Go outside. Like, you know, go find something. Yeah. Uh, that was standard. Um, and then, so that relationship with your mom is is obviously really good. Like, what mm-hmm. was the kind of relationship with the rest of your family? Um, I have two sisters who are pretty close to me in. Um, in age and I guess in talent in a way. Um, we've all always been like really driven and really motivated. And so I think it was kind of like this hyper competitive environment to be raised in for better or for worse. Um, I'm two years younger than my older sister. And so just coming up kind of right after her in school and sports and everything, it was like, all right, here's this bar. Like, you know, you got to jump over it (laughs) in a way. Um, it definitely put a little fight in me. Um, that being said, we all went such divergent ways, like kind of, you know, after leaving home that it's been neat to kind of like figure out those identities for ourselves. Um, if you had told me like, you know, when we were younger that I would be the one to you know, pursue a like pro athletic, you know, whatever you want to call it, career, um, <laughs> I would have said you were crazy. I mean, honestly, I would have said you were crazy three years ago, but um yeah, it was dynamic and it was it was a lot. It, it was intense sometimes, but you know. <laughs> did you get your like? Did you get some of your competitive drive from being in that environment and growing up? You oh, know, 100%. wanting to meet those bars. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like with my mom as an example, I guess she never like she won a lot of fifty mile races. You know, competed in Western states. Was doing so when like there weren't a lot of women doing it. Like. From an out from an outside perspective, it looks like this huge deal. It looks like this, like you know, her like you know, championing this sport or whatever. But you talk to her about it, and she's like, "I didn't care." She's like, "I wasn't, you know, necessarily out there running to win. I wasn't, you know, trying to prove anything." She's just like, "I just really liked running." Like, <laughs> you know, she has no interest in competing now. Like, she still runs all the time, but you know, it's and she could, I'm sure, like you know, destroy her age group. But it's just like. That's not why she's there. That's totally not why she's there. So, yeah, I think the competitiveness definitely comes from, you know, my sisters pushing me and then myself, you know, just kind of having that, you know, drive on my own. Um, my mom has always kind of been more of the mindset, like, it's it's for yourself. I can kind of see this this cross-contamination of the competitiveness and then the purity of the sport, sure. like, coming out of you. <laughs> for sure. Um, and that's something I've kind of fought with throughout my time in the sport um I jumped pretty immediately into road racing um I was just competing and running you know throughout college and then I left college and was racing like trail 50ks was kind of you know always grinding in some way at that um pursuit um I kept getting all these little injuries I took like a month off you know in intending to come back to the sport, intending to kind of refocus, figure out, like, let my body recover, figure out where I was at, like what I wanted out of it. Cause it was kind of, you know, breaking me down in a way. Um, of course I had all this, you know, energy, 
had all this spare time. I had all this like, oh God, I need to get outside. Um, and that's when I like ended up riding bikes a little more often, finding a community who was, you know, helpful in getting me out there and riding bikes with me. And like, I mean, it just, it happened so fast. Like I look at it as like, I never decided to be a cyclist. I never said, yes, this is going to be my thing. I never was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to chase it. It was just like almost by accident that, you know, I had a friend like going to a road race and they're like, yeah, you're fast. You're really good at this, you know, come. And I won. And it was like, oh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) this, this is like a little too obvious. Um, I fell in, I mean, I fell into road racing and I was always fighting with that. I was always, you know, you drive to these like weird places in central California and like, you know, race your butt off for two hours. And if you don't win, there's like, you've seen nothing and you've interacted with nobody and you've had like, no, you've, you've got nothing to take home essentially. And a lot of times it felt like I was just kind of like pounding my head against a wall and was like, never going to break through. Um, that's, I think, where the conversation kind of switches to gravel and switches to these community events like the Grasshoppers, um, because that like really just like <laughs> completely shifted the spotlight onto racing as an experience, racing as like a, I guess like this shared like thing between all of us who were there and, you know, just a kind of this like weird gift of like something to take away from it, like no matter what. Yeah. I I love that you said that shared experience. And I think like the thing that I love about the endurance sports community is that shared suffering and that ability to (laughs) stand on the start line. You know, you and I are going to be on the start line together and then we both go through the day and we both come back with our own suffer story of like at what, what we experienced on that day. Yeah. Does anything kind of stand out in your mind? Like, training racing that you could identify as like one of those days where you really had to go above and beyond or push further than you thought you could and you know came back with your own suffer story oh gosh um I mean I feel like every single race I do these days and it's like in its own right this like suffer story um well you know which is why it's cool which is why you know I'm kind of doing what I'm doing and not you know trying to be some like I don't know UCI pro at this point (laughs) I mean that's all cool and like I definitely like have a time and place and an amount of energy for it. But like why I guess I'm so excited about this gravel stuff um, is because, yeah, I mean, it's like literally every single race. So you like ask me that. And like, of course the first thing that comes up in my mind is like the last race I did, because it's all like, it's just still so fresh and it's still, it's like, I guess like almost two weeks later and I'm still like, you know, I'll be lying in bed, like replaying it or being like, whoa, like that happened. Or like, I mean, it's wild. I don't. I don't know how like specific you want me to get, but um. <laughs> go for it. Tell us. Tell us the details. The the grizzly details are, oh, man. are great. Um, so first race of the year uh, was about a week and a half ago. I um, yeah. I mean, you never know what to expect, but it was a grasshopper. Which I mean, I have a special place in my heart for those. That's kind of like the first, you know, real type of this racing that I was able to get into, and honestly, what opened my eyes to you know the possibilities of it all. Um, and so, yeah, first one that I'd done of the year, it had been raining for like two weeks prior. Everything was flooded. Like it was rerouted like two or three times. I don't know. Poor Meg, the guy who organizes it, I'm sure was like going through hell and back just trying to get us all situated. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's like a landslide at the top of old Kaz and we have to go around that. And like, 
you know, there's, you know, complete flooding on the, like the run into the, you know, start and all these things. So like you kind of, you kind of enter this being like, oh God, like what's going to happen today? Like you have no idea. And that's so awesome. Like I just, I don't know. I mean, I love, I love that it is like, you know, this giant unknown. I think there's part of me that does really well in those situations where it's just like, you know, who knows, like deal with it as it comes. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all rolled out. There was kind of a clear group of like five or six of us girls who were, you know, contending um, or fighting for the win. And I got dropped like pretty immediately at the first climb. <laughs> um, I don't do a lot of intensity in the winter. So like, you know, to be pounding up those steep climbs, um, you know, off the bat was not necessarily something my legs were ready for, but I kept him in sight. And there was this moment that like really sticks out to me when like I was almost at the top and I still had him like, they were just like, you know, a couple corners ahead. And I know that descent really well. It's super sketchy and really fun. And I was like, I can get him. It's fine. Like, don't stress, ride your own race, ride your own race. Like that's something I always say to myself that, you know, people have told me throughout. Um, but I come upon Lindsay who's like falling off the back of the group as well. Um, and she was like breathing kind of hard and like did not look super happy. And I like, she's, I really like her. She's somebody I definitely look up to. And, you know, of, you know, all the girls I was like kind of racing that day, it was like, she's probably the one where like, if she won, I wouldn't be like that better. <laughs> I'd be like, you know, that's cool. Lindsay, like, you know, she's fast. She deserves it, you know? Um, <laughs> so I come up on her and she's like, you know, breathing heavy and like, I'm dying a little bit too, but like kind of, coming past her and I was just like I was like Lindsay I was like ride your own race you got to stay positive I'm like telling her all these things which I'm like I've been telling myself in my head for the last you know 10 minutes and she just kind of looks at me and I was like oh I was like (laughs) I was like I guess she's not in the mood to like hear all this right now and like I'm over here like thinking I'm like you know helping her out or whatever but honestly it was as much for me as it was for her um it ended up being us two in the end which is you know kind of funny it ended up like she was kind of the last one there that you know was fighting against me um and you know the race plays out you know a lot happens all those like tetric ended up flatting which is unfortunate because i really wanted to kind of you know (laughs) match up with her um but not this time you know everything played out and then I was talking to Lindsay afterwards and I was like, you know, I'm, like, I'm sorry if like, you know, I was out of place like talking to you or like that or whatever. I like, I was like, honestly just trying to help, like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just wanted you to make it through there because like, I know you'll like, you know, race me hard and it'll be good. And she just looked at me and she's like, yeah, she's just like, I was fine. <laughs> I was like, oh, I yeah, thought sure you were dying. <laughs> she's like, no, I was totally fine. I'd like, she's like, I was kind of confused why you were like trying to amp me up or whatever. <laughs> I was like whatever but I mean like that is kind of the dynamic like we're all out there we're all just like you know cheering each other on in a way while simultaneously like you know trying to punch each other like <laughs> yeah and out at this these kinds of races it is like so hard and so remote that like oftentimes it is kind of like just you and one other person like kind of fighting like hand-to-hand combat like <laughs> you know up each hill like all right like you attack you attack you attack like it's very personal and I think it does create this like weird bond ultimately like despite the fact that you are trying to beat each other down like you're also like you know you wouldn't be out there where that challenge like if that challenge did not exist I love the way that you you talked about that of that like hand-to-hand combat and that like um you know fighting against someone else like do you kind of create those 
uh, <laughs> issues, I guess, for yourself mid-race so that like you get more out of yourself, knowing that once you get off the bike, you have a beer and you talk about the race and your right. friends. But do you kind of like create those moments in time to just get more out of yourself in those moments? Um, I don't think it's ever that like conscientious. I don't, I'm not like, I'm not ever like, oh, you know, like, let's, let's make some drama. (laughs) Um, I've never been really strong tactically and it's something I'm working on, um, in a big way. Um, my friend just gave me a, a good piece of advice before this last grasshopper and he was like, be bored. He's like, that's how you win races. You like just be bored for most of it. Wait till the end. And then like, you know, use it up. Um, and I actually, I was talking to Lindsay afterwards and I was kind of annoyed at her because she was, she was doing like a significant amount of work like early on. And I was like, Lindsay, stop. I was like, what are you doing? Like, stop, stop. But I mean, honestly, like a year ago, that would have been me. Um, and so I think I'm more like a, I I try at least I try to approach it from a tactical perspective of like, I'm going to do the bare minimum needed to remain in this race. Um, that being said, I do get super excited sometimes, <laughs> especially like in beautiful places where like heading up Fort Ross in the middle of like Sonoma County, like there's like light rain, the sun's coming through. Like I'm stoked, you know? <laughs> and I think that does in a way like translate to my writing. Like if I'm really like happy about the situation, like I'll probably go a little too hard. I'll probably, you know, yeah. <laughs> end up there. Do you approach those days? Like you talked about that day being, you know, pretty epic right from the start. There's floods, there's landslides. Like, <laughs> Do you think that plays into you as a competitive advantage of like being positive and really approaching those things for like whatever comes today is going to come? Um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I'm typically the type to like train through all that stuff. So I tend to see it as an advantage to me just because, you know, I don't mind sending it down this like crazy descent when it's pouring rain and <laughs> way too cold and I can't feel anything (laughs) like that's kind of you know something I've done a lot so it's like yeah I don't mind um whereas other people might so yeah and I think like to add a little bit of uh, clarity to that I think some people would probably show up on those days where it it is like that and be like oh shit like what have I signed (laughs) up for whereas you're like okay let's go like let's do this yeah I mean in a way it's like this nice distraction um it's a way to kind of like add in these other like talents you might have um part of what's you know, kept me in bike racing and not like, you know, returning back to the whole running thing is that it is so incredibly dynamic. Like you can show up with maybe slightly less fitness or slightly less focus or like, you know, less of this like perfected training plan than everybody else, you know? And (laughs) that's honestly like, that's typically me because I, you know, I don't really work with a coach these days and I like, you know, do my own thing. So just to like, to have all these other small advantages of like, you know what I don't really say it as like positivity necessarily it's just like there's so much that plays into it so when you get this like added intrigue of like you know all the drama that's happening like weather wise or you know whatever it may be um there's a really cool event coming up in the summertime steamboat gravel um Mark connected us and so your thoughts on the race and that event in particular and then also this week they opened up registration for another 200 women Mm -hmm. to join the race the long-term vision of having equal participation between Mm -hmm. men and women. Tell me about why that's important to you as well. (laughs) Um, As far as the race, I am really excited about it. Um, There's really not a lot like it right now. I think the closest thing to compare it to 
is probably like, you know, one of the longer grasshoppers or perhaps like Belgian waffle ride. Um, but currently all those kind of like crazy endurance gravel rides like worlds or Kansas, um, are not necessarily, they're cool in their own right. They're definitely like their own experience and unique and like so worth doing, but there's not a lot of climbing, which is kind of my, become my thing, you know, living out here at least. Um, and they don't all, you know, strive to build like an experience around it. Um, you know, a lot of it, you know, kind of ends up happening anyways, but like making the entire thing, you know, worth doing, like regardless of, you know, your potential in it as a competitor. I think that's really, really exciting to me. Um, Mark is awesome. I actually met him at Belgian Waffle Ride. We ended up riding together for quite a bit of that race um, when we were, I guess, kind of both in a bad place. I don't know about him. I was in a really bad place. Um, somehow still impressed the guy. I don't know how. Um, yeah, Mark's great. And so like, you know, when he, I guess it was last August, he came to me with this idea. He's like, we're going to have a gravel race. It's going to be huge. We're going to, you know, prioritize all the right things. We're going to get all the right people out there. It's blown up like far beyond what I could have anticipated. Like, honestly, I'm, I'm absolutely terrified of everyone showing up there um, and how much of a big deal it's become. Uh, I think part of my like just pure stoke at like races like the grasshoppers are that like I'm just home and it's like all my friends out there and it's like, you know, ultimately low key. Yes, I want to win. Yes, I'm going to, you know, go weird places to get there. But like, you know. Ultimately, like, I can show up at the start line. Like, my heart rate's not going to be through the roof. Um, SBT might be a different story. Uh, it's become such a thing. And, I mean, in the, in the best way. I'm so excited for them. I'm excited for what it's going to be. Um, speaking to the parody goal um, specifically, in races that sell out, typically, you know, they open the registration. They let everybody have a go at it. And it's like, you know, they fill up their... X number of spots, they close registration. Um, and what that looks like is, gosh, I don't know the numbers, honestly, but. Well, I think right now that they were at 20%, and I think that's probably even on the high side I for an event like that. Side. That's, that's, you know, more than I would have guessed, like from my experiences at these things, um, just, you know, based on the racing experience, of, like how many women you encounter. Like sometimes you're out there riding and you can like pass 20 dudes and not see a single female, and it's like, this is weird. Like, this is weird. And nobody is looking around being like, this is weird. Um, so finally, you know, we do have a promoter where it's like a race promoter who's like, this is not, you know, this is incorrect. This is not, you know, a good representation of, you know, what the sport is of like, you know, how many women are out there and are excited about it. Um, so what they're doing with the more spots, what they're doing, you know, just focusing on the female racers who are going to be out there. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't want to like, I don't know. I don't want to like say it's like this huge deal because I don't think it should be. I think it should be, you know, pretty standard, but. Yeah, I agree. And I think you're right. Like it shouldn't have to be a part of the conversation, <laughs> but I think if, unless we are to do something about it and events like Mark's right. stand up and actually make the decision to, mm -hmm. to put some clout behind the idea, then I don't think it will change soon. Yeah. And I think honestly, like the most damaging attitudes I've like encountered in bike racing are the people who tell me like, Oh, like, 
you know, people don't watch women's racing or people not aren't like investing in women's racing because like it's not interesting or it's like, you know, it's not as aggressive or it's not as fast or it's not, you know, they try to like be like put it on like they, they try to make it like our responsibility of like, oh, well, like, you know, like why aren't more of you signing up? Why aren't more of you, you know, being aggressive in these races or like, but it's like, oh my God, like <laughs> we are exhausted. Like I, like people don't realize like the amount of energy it takes just for us to even like arrive in that spot, like about like how much you have to like overcome as a woman, even just to like enter this sport. Like I've showed up to like innumerable group rides where like I'm the only one or it's like, yeah, I am probably going to get, you know, spit out the back immediately or like I'll show up to, you know, local road races and there'll be like two other girls there for the like pro one, two race. And it's like, it takes a lot. It takes a ton. It takes like a lot of confidence. It takes a lot of like initiative and without all that support that I think a lot of, you know, other people take for granted, um, in a sport where they are kind of the majority and like a constant priority, um, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, we need all the help we can get to be prioritized is not only like helpful, but, you know, necessary. So, yeah, I agree. hundred percent. And I think like some of the most exciting races I've ever seen are the women's races. There's no reason why anyone would say that it's not as exciting. <laughs> like bike racing by nature as a spectator, like isn't all that exciting. Oh God, it's terrible. So like how you can say like men's or women's races are any different. I don't know. And I think, yeah. 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 No. So I think anybody who's opening those opportunities up for us deserves, you know, some recognition. for. Absolutely. I agree. Um, I love what they're doing. Um, changing gears a little bit, pardon the pun. Um, what (laughs) fuels you, uh, off the bike? What fuels you in your regular day-to-day life? Um, it's kind of funny. I guess a lot of other people, especially, you know, it's, it's funny to have like already complained about, you know, being labeled as a cyclist. It's like, I do other things, but you know, as it becomes more like this bigger and bigger influence in my life, it's like, I, it's true. I do fewer other things. (laughs) Um, just, you know, by nature, I guess. Um, what fuels me though, I guess, throughout everything I do, I've kind of always been driven by this desire to be better, um, at what I do. I mean, completely selfishly, honestly, it's like, that's, I think where I find meaning is in most things is like some sort of like positive improvement, some sort of tangible, like, yes, like I'm working towards something. Yes. Like, you know, something is growing, something is, you know, evolving here um I've never like (laughs) I've been to college twice dropped out twice like you know held countless jobs like never really necessarily had this like overriding direction or like you know motive um it's kind of funny because like throughout all this kind of like tumultuous like where's my life is where's my life going like what am I doing like you know where is this overriding sense of purpose like throughout that I think like my safe space or my escape has been endurance sports in a way. Um, and so it's funny to kind of be at that point where this is like, I guess that (laughs) my escape is like intercepting this, like, where's my life going question and, you know, overriding that in a way and kind of becoming that for me in a way like I didn't expect. Um, and so that's definitely interesting to see for myself, to see happen for myself. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really question it, I think, cause it has kind of been, you know, <laughs> 
I don't know, just natural in a way, like not necessarily something I question. Yeah. And then over the last three years, do you think you've kind of learned anything about yourself that <laughs> you talked about the, the constant state of improvement? And I think that any athlete at an elite level mm-hmm. has to have some kind of competitive drive that like regular folk don't have. Can you acknowledge that in yourself? And if so, like what else have you learned through this process? Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think I learned something about myself, you know, in a small way, like every day I'm out there training. I wouldn't necessarily, I guess, yes, like competitive drive is important to me, but I think it's honestly like overarchingly more personal. I don't necessarily think I'm like, I guess, I guess, I guess it's competitive in a sense that I'm like competing with like previous versions of myself or like, even if it's like the version of myself that was out there yesterday, it's like, I want to improve on that. Um, I'm rarely, I'm honestly rarely like out there like training or writing, like thinking about like who I have to beat next weekend. Um, it's just like really never been me. Um, but in far, as far as like what I've learned about myself, I guess my biggest takeaway lately has been that I'm like super hesitant to give myself credit for anything. Um, it's it's pretty strange. I guess I am kind of at this like, you know, abstract three-year mark in my like progress through this sport. And yeah, just to kind of like assess what I've done and where I'm at and like the experiences I've had, the races I've raced, like the people I've met, it's just like, it is so much like it is, you know, it is way more than you need to like fill three years with. And it's so like, I just never like take that time and I never like look back and I'm like, dang, like I did that. Like, like that's pretty cool. Like I did that. I'm always just like, oh gosh, like what more could I have done? Like, I'm always thinking about that race that happened six months ago where it's like, oh, if only I'd played it this way, if only I hadn't like lost that wheel around that corner, if only, you know, I'd been able to like, you know, stick that move like like so many things I'm just going back and being like I could have done more I could have you know pushed this farther and I think you know that's simultaneously what makes me good like what makes me strong and like chasing but like it's unhealthy (laughs) it can be super unhealthy and I think you know acknowledging that is great but I definitely still have you know a tendency to you know overlook that stuff and like not take those moments and you know take it all in yeah i think it's a human trait to not not (laughs) stop and celebrate you know and i think we all need to slow down a little bit sometimes and take Mm -hmm. that moment to be like of reflection to understand where we have come from but Mm -hmm. also you know with an eye to the to to where you're going and not not resting on your laurels i I guess there's this weird fear i think that stopping and pausing you know doing that is like like in that moment, like somebody's going to pass you or, you know, somebody's going to take over. You're going to miss something ahead. Um, so, yeah, I mean. Yeah, no, sure. I, I don't think you're alone <laughs> in that at all. Do you miss running at all? I miss running so much. I miss the simplicity. I miss like you want to go running. You can leave your house in three minutes and you can get out there and you can, you know, run yourself into the ground for an hour and you can come home and like be empty and be fulfilled and like have that satisfaction i mean cycling is so complicated in comparison it drives me crazy sometimes it's like i used to spend 200 dollars a year on sport and you know needless to say that's inflated a little bit um i'm sure my family still thinks i'm insane because they all you know stuck with running yeah i miss it i still run every now and then um 
I usually make like it usually makes me sore for about a week and I regret everything. But um, I can totally see myself doing it again. Um, I have no idea, you know, how this cycling thing is going to go. Um, it's obviously, you know, going to be a permanent thing in my life. But in terms of competition, you know, I could realistically see myself, you know, competing in some more ultras sometime when I'm older. Um, my mom didn't actually get into it until later in life. Um, she started when she was around 30. So, you know, I still feel like that's totally on the table and definitely something I love and would pursue. I'm with you on that. I actually ran yesterday morning. Um, <laughs> I didn't bring any bike stuff, so I bought my shoes. Oh, no. Actually, every time I travel, I pack my running shoes Yeah, and uh, I never go running. But yesterday <laughs> I ran and I'm like sitting down, sitting down <laughs> on the seat uh, is, is a challenge right uh, now for me. Yeah, I like I get delusional and I think, you know, I still have my old fitness or like can jump back into it and I'll, you know, I'll be excited. I'll be happy to be out running and I'll do something stupid like go for, you know, an hour and a half and like, you know, (laughs) not walk for three days. Uh, Tell us about the like the gear like you obviously you came into cycling and there's so much stuff like tell me about so what that was like stuff. for you in the beginning. It is so hard to get started. I honestly I had two pairs of bibs that I bought off of eBay <laughs> for you know for cheap and I would I would wash them like three times a week and like that was like my life on the bike for like you know months. Um you know at certain times certain people have been really generous to me. You know, either like donated me like old gear, or, like, you know, got me like a pro deal on a bike or, you know, all these things kind of throughout. Like, I've definitely relied heavily on, you know, the community aspect to get me through. I mean, and I never, I never would have made it, you know, without that generosity. Um, but it's weird because you kind of reach this tipping point and you go over the edge and now it's like, I have more kit than I know what to do with. It's like overflowing out of my closet. I'm like trying to sell three bikes right now. Like I have all these like partially used tires in my basement where I'm like, no, I can't throw these away. But like, no, they're like, oh my gosh, I can't use them. Like, it's crazy. I'm like swimming in it. And um, I try to, you know, I try to turn around and do the same thing. I try to, you know, offload all this crap on people who I know like, might not have the support that I've been, you know, super, super lucky to have. Um, so yeah, honestly, like it's, it's strange. It's, it's a weird, weird industry, but I think in a weird way, I like have to be thankful for that because there is so much stuff to purchase and so much, you know, gear to invest in and, and so much like technology kind of like on that front, it's kind of, it does kind of make it into a, like a viable career in a sense where it's like we are always trying to sell something. We are always trying to like, you know, make people buy something. And then it's like, that's why my job exists, you know, as an athlete for whoever I'm riding for. It's like, it's then, you know, my purpose to like show people all this stuff and be like, here's why you need this. <laughs> like, um, and I'm definitely you know, like against that strange consumerism aspect of it. Um, at the same time, it is, you know, yet another aspect of what makes the sport, you know, so interesting. Do you ever geek out on <laughs> equipment? Like, have you got to that point now? I I think I'm still kind of too ignorant. Um, and I'm still kind of in this, like, broke place of just riding whatever people get, 
give me and being like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> um, this is way better than, you know, what I had before. Um, and I'm still like, it's still my tendency to like run everything into the ground, like not replace my brake pads until I'm like scrubbing them. <laughs> like, you know, stupid things like that, like weird little habits you get into when like you're not, you know, blessed with, um, you know, having too much. Um, but no, I mean, not, I think not remotely as much as, you know, a lot of my friends or other people I know in this sport. Like it's honestly, like, I think running gave me this nice perspective where I'm just kind of like, this is really silly. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And I think when you're talking about, you know, how easy it is to get out the door and run, I am living in Boston now and I've been riding throughout the winter. Um, I'm also going to race in steamboat and I'm like, I'm afraid of that race. So I'm like riding in all conditions. Um, But it takes so long to get out the door. It's like 30 minutes of like putting on layer after layer after layer. I don't, yeah, I don't know how people survive in real winters because it's been raining here for the last three weeks. And I'm like, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like having to like deal with even just like my bike afterwards and all the wet clothes and all the 10 layers. And I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's silly. Well, it's, I, I've recently just moved from Vancouver and I didn't ride outside in the winter there right. it, because of those reasons you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like you go out the door <laughs> and you're wet and you're miserable and then your stuff doesn't dry. Right, and so it's like I, terrible for your gear. I'm like, I can just feel my bike like depreciating as I'm Every time like. you ride. <laughs> yeah, and I, like, I've actually preferred riding in the real winter conditions, not that we've had a real winter in New England this year. The fact that it's sunny and dry, mm-hmm. like I'm so stoked to just get out there yeah. and have the sun on your face yeah okay so tell me more about uh what's next for you uh this year so you've got steamboat gravel you've probably got some more grasshopper events is there Mm -hmm. anything else on the calendar that you're really looking forward to i am looking forward to dirty kanza um it's not necessarily a race i look at and i'm like yeah this is my race um there's no significant climbs it's really long which is great i love that um (laughs) but last year i kind of had a like a devastating mechanical um a little like before I was even halfway and I kind of, you know, limped through the rest of the race. Like and it, it was a journey. It was not, was it fun? I don't know. At times it was fun. Um, but you know, anytime anything like that happens, it just makes me like, you know, want to go back and, you know, realize that potential. Um, so I'm really excited for that. I'm really excited for a Belgian waffle ride. I, um, oh, I surprised myself at Grindero last year by like, I like crashed a bunch, but still walked away with a fifth place. So now I'm like, oh, maybe there's a chance for me here. Like, I'm definitely, I'm still new enough that I'm, you know, still figuring out the possibilities for me. So I think, you know, any, any race holds like some interest. Um, and then I, I might do a little bit of road racing as well. I'm mostly excited about the team I'm on this year. Um, Easton Cycling put it together and it's just like this rad stoked group of us um who are going to be hitting all these gravel races kind of like as a unit um we're with we're with allied bikes um who i'm you know beyond stoked to be working with just because they are an american company and like i know the dudes and like i've ridden with them and it's like they all ride bikes and they're all just like really happy to be riding bikes and they're all just like so engaged and so present in the sport um and kind of like you know wanting to shift it in all the ways that interest me um just kind of, you know, focusing on the experience and like the possibility. Um, so yeah, I'm like so excited about that partnership, really excited about Easton. Um, we're called Easton Overland. 
Um, Is that with uh, Matt Lieto? Yeah, so Matt Lieto, and then we've got the Canadians, um, Michael Vandeham and Craig Ritchie, and then Leah Thorvalson, who's, you know, also coming to this sport in, like, this, you know, crazy, like, um, you know, atypical path. Um, she's, like, a little bit older than me, and so, like, being able to have her perspective and, like, her experience and, like, her, you know, just her presence is going to be awesome for me. I've never really had a female teammate in any gravel racing. Um, so to be able to like hit these things together is going to be, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I have no idea what it's going to be like, but I'm really excited. What are the races that you guys are doing together? Are they the ones you've mentioned or is there any specific yeah, races you're um, going to? First one is land run, which should be interesting. It's like pan flat in the middle of, um, still water. So yeah, it should be a good time. Probably a muddy time. Who knows? Um, yeah, we're doing Belgian waffle. Um, a lot of them, unfortunately, are doing lost and found instead of Kansas. So I might be a bit of a um, lone wolf out there. Um, but Crusher and the Tushers, which is a race that always, you know, puts me through hell. <laughs> I've finished that race twice. And every time it's been like, I'm never doing this again. And every year, as like, soon as Reg opens, I'm like, yes. <laughs> um yeah, and then we'll be at um, – there's a new race out here. It happened for the first time last year, and unfortunately I wasn't able to make it. But the Old Growth Classic in Santa Cruz, um, my friends put that on. And so we're all going to be out there kind of with our whole squad. Grandero, hopefully. Um, and, yeah, SBT. Amazing. Um, where can people find you, get in touch with you, if they <laughs> want to give you a high five and a uh, and a handshake? Where's the best place for people to find you? Where? Um Somewhere on the side of Mount Tamalpais, probably, but um, I don't know. I like I try to remain like super accessible to the community as a whole, just knowing that like I would never would have you know made it to where I am without you know people constantly being there for me and reaching out and like dealing with my stupid questions and like you know explaining things to me six times. Um, so yeah, I mean I'm on Instagram. I try to like you know keep that as like this little hub for you know people who want to connect talk about this weird sport um but yeah no i mean i'm usually riding around here i'm gonna be racing around the midwest a ton um in spring summer but awesome um i too will be at land run 100 so hey. uh, i'm excited to <laughs> catch up again there and uh watch you sail off into the distance as i'm like <laughs> using my old man fitness to uh go far back in the oh, pack God. so uh i look forward to catching up there and um today's been fantastic i really appreciate you making time and awesome. uh, all the best thank you thanks again amity and thank you to our sponsor for today's episode icor labs iCord not only supports this show, but has partnered with many incredible endurance athletes from across the cycling, running, and triathlon world, including Amity's Eastern Overland Gravel Cycling Team. Their natural hemp source of CBD is a perfect way to aid training and recovery for all of your endurance sports endeavors. I've noticed such a difference in my energy levels, sleep, and mental state since I started using iCore a few months ago. I think you'll notice the benefits too. You can order iCore today and receive 15% off just for being a part of the Inner Voice community. Head to iCoreLabs.com and use the code InnerVoice. And if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love if you could head and leave a rating wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I also love hearing from you, so please send me a note with feedback, suggestions, and share your own story with me. I want to hear from you. For now, go and finish that workout and have a great day.